everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, super proud here. My name is Eric Wright, of course. I'm here, the host of the Disco Posse podcast and, and much more. Uh, you can find me online. I'm at Disco Posse on Twitter. Uh, we blog at discoposse.com. You can find uh, the podcast uh, show notes and, and everything there as well. Uh, of course, always recommend you can follow us. Uh, you can watch stuff on YouTube. You can watch it on, you can listen to it through Stitcher, through iTunes. Uh, so subscribe if you do uh, like that kind of thing. That would be super. Uh, helps to get more folks listening and, and share it around. Uh, today, we're going to talk about growth in in technology communities. It's something that I've been a fan of. I've been very active in doing this stuff for a long time. And what's cool is, you know, listening to folks that have actually been very, very successful. And, and I, and I, not just in that because, you know, Hey, look, I can, I can find people that'll grow numbers real fast, but doing it in a respectful way and actually getting good, good outputs and, and really driving, driving good, strong, true bi-directional growth in a community. Uh, with that, I'd like to welcome the one and only Mistwire. <laughs> we, we may know him as Mistwire. We may know him as Chris. Uh, but Chris, if you want to introduce yourself, uh, find out where we can find you online, and then we're going to kind of talk about meetups and, and how to do it. Sure. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Chris Williams, uh, otherwise known as Mistwire. Um, I am a cloud architect for Green Pages Technologies uh, based up here in New England. Um, I can be found online at mistwire.com uh, and uh, my, my Twitter handle is Mistwire as well. Now, the, the neat thing about you know, how things have, have happened in, in community side growth and, and it's, it's such a weird thing. I've, I've actually got this uh, sort of an, an odd feeling lately about you know communities and the the fact that as we've changed and we've watched the evolution in in tech communities that mm-hmm. you get this neat thing that we get some folks that transition between different groups uh, we see the evolution within a community and and I've seen like good and bad things play out but mm. you know what how did you get involved in the beginning in in kind of being part of an active community um, it's, it, I kind of kind of fell into it a little bit um, back uh, back at VMworld 2015 or, or 2014. I was um, I was studying for one of my BCP exams, and uh, Chris Harney uh, and Don Harney, the folks that started the the VTUG uh, group up here in New England, the Virtualization Technology User Group, um, they they were uh, studying for it at the same time, and, and Chris and I kind of hooked up and became study buddies. And, uh, and, and as we were doing it, I had told him a couple of ideas I had about community stuff that VTUG could do better. Um, not, in a, not in a disrespectful way, but like, hey, have you guys thought about doing this or this? And he said, no, would, would help. <laughs> and uh, and so, so I, kind of, I kind of volunteered my efforts with, with VTUG. And they'd been doing it for like 13 years. So they really showed me the ropes on, you know, how to... How, how to like kind of uh, run a gig and and how to like generate a bit of interest and everything like that and I took that and and then then we kind of turned turned it over and shoehorned that into into the AWS space I I, I 
personally had a lot of interest in AWS. So when when the AWS Portsmouth user group started up, I I was like literally the third. So Steve and Tim started it, and then I was the third person that signed up for it. And I, I volunteered a lot of my time to that. And I was I started talking to them so much. They were like, Hey, why don't you just co-lead this thing with us? And and so. So that's that's kind of how that snowballed, and and so t uh, Steve, Tim, and I have been doing that one, the AWS user group for two years now. And it, this is a, a big thing for folks that are are looking to learn, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Is like, hey, I've got a goal, I've got a personal or a work goal, I want to learn about technology, or I want to open my own eyes to like the way other people are doing things, and mm -hmm. I think that's really you kind of highlighted that right out of the gate, right? We go to a, a tech conference and we find other people that are there, and that's not these big once a year, $3,000 plus travel tech conferences are, are not super accessible to a lot of people. So right. you know, meetups and, and local user communities are, are a really good way to get almost that same kind of access because first of all, it's your local group. So it's people you can meet regularly. And secondly, it's usually free, you know, or even better, it's not as free, but they got free stuff like free pizza, you know, free like, pizza yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been lucky to be a part of a few different ones, Kubernetes, OpenStack, uh, you know, VMware user group. I'm still a, a co-leader of the Toronto VMUG um, and, you know, done a lot more stuff around getting into the Red Hat ecosystem and watching the way they all do it. And what I found is that each one that I believe is truly successful is the fact that leaderships happen organically and then there's a real good sort of tight feedback loop to what people want and how do you, like, so when you think about, all right, we've got a meeting coming up, you know, what, what do you do around preparing for it, thinking about content and how do you elicit feedback to make sure that that's a real sort of community driven thing? Yeah, totally. So um, one of the, one of the things that we do is that um, we, we always, uh, we always print out, a, uh, we, ha we have a feedback form, like, and, and everybody, when they walk in the door, they get two things. They get a little name, a little, you know, sticky, my name is name badge, uh, so that, so that new people can get introduced and, and uh, people that don't come very often can remember everybody that they were introduced to the last time. Uh, and they, and they get a, a sheet, a feedback form that they fill out at the end of the night. And, and what then we do at the end of the night, we take all those feedback forms and everybody that filled one out gets put into a drawing. And, have like so we, we have local recruiters that, that give us gift cards Amazon gift cards and then we have compute credits from from AWS as well and uh, we give those away at the end of the night and for you know like so whoever presents draw, then does the drawing from the feedback forms and then and then that person wins you know what, whatever it is that we're giving away that night so using that feedback form we, we ask a couple of different questions. You know, how did we do? Um, what did you like and not like about the presentation? Was it valuable? And uh, most importantly, what do you want to see next time? And so we, we take all of that information and, and we, we collate it up and we, we tally, you know, who wants to talk about serverless? Who wants to learn more about Lambda? Who wants to talk about, you know, who wants to, I mean, and then based upon that, we get the the speakers for the next time uh, of what people want to hear about the most um and I, we also what we also try to do is we try to get the users themselves to present so this is a user community and what a lot of users don't want is they don't want a commercial they, they want you know something that they can 
take a presentation that they can take and immediately go home and do something with. Or, or a number of times we have people with their laptops out right there, you know, hammering away at something as, as, the, present, as the presenter is doing it. So, you know, user content um, driven by the users and for the users is kind of our, our ethos, the, the way that we want to do this, not always have it be, you know, a commercial from a vendor. That's probably one of the, one of the, the things we lose track of sometimes. And it's tough to watch, I mean, because there's a, a real weird balance you've got to strike. You've got you to pay for a venue. You've mm -hmm. got to get people to show up, you know, have content to share. Uh, and ultimately, there becomes a sponsor influence. There's, uh, well, I actually want to dig into that a little bit. But first, I'm going to pick out something you said, which is super important, right? So mm -hmm. you get people to come in the door. You say, here you go. You know, here's your name badge, fill it out, right? And it's like, no one's going to be like, this is stupid, not going to do this. Like, I disagree with you. Or you and like, it's a pretty simple thing. We've done it since we were in primary school. And like, here you go. My name is Eric, you know, and mm -hmm. except I didn't have a Twitter handle when I was in elementary school, but hey. You um, didn't? No? Okay. But not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, they probably will. I'm going to have to do that for my youngest kids. Be like, hey, here you go. Disco Posse Jr. They'll have a, they'll have a Twitter handle in, a, in grade two. Oh, uh, no. So the, this is, the thing is, yes, the feedback form, hmm. you, you, it's a weird, and so there's a psychological thing to this, right? It's called reciprocation. When you give something to somebody and tell them that there's going to be a prize at the end, you know, the first thing they do is they like, they've already got it in physically in their hand. It's, it's like the Hare Krishnas at the airport. They shove the flower in your hand and then you are kind of psychologically bound <laughs> to pay to get it out of your hand. And it's a yes. weird thing, but it works. And you're, <laughs> but you're doing it in a very, very good way because you're, you're literally just feeding back. You're not profiting from it and mm. you're not, you're not selling that info. So you're, what, so when you give away something, I'm assuming you're kind of going to the, to the, you know, some kind of, of prize that you've pulled together from other, you know, fundraising and stuff you've got. Like this is not a fill this out and then you're going to get a, a lead generative call <laughs> from AWS, right? Correct. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't, we don't. So the, the, the people that give us the gift certificates, the, the only thing that they get in return for that is at the beginning of the meeting or at the end of the meeting, whichever they want, they, they stand up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm uh, vendor X. Uh, thank you for, if you have any questions, please, please see me afterwards. Or if they're a recruiter, they're like, if, if anybody here is looking for a job, please come talk to me. Here's my business card. Yeah. And That's that it's number one, it's GDPR friendly, super cool. Um, it's right. just consumer friendly. Like I, I know that if I fill out a form, you know, hey, I've gone through this with, with other communities, right? It's like here, fill out this form. And then at the end, you know, that form goes back to a lead gen list and then that becomes a call out. And, and it's tough. We, I think it can be done without having to do that. And, and you're proving it, you know, and, and first of all, what's the, what's the rate of feedback? Do you, would you say like a per percentage wise, so, you know, ballpark, how many forms do you get filled out based on how many you give out? Oh, 100%. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's never, there's never, there's never anybody that doesn't fill it out because I'm always, I'm always hammering them to fill it out. <laughs> that helps too, right? You have to reinforce it, but that, so that shows you, I mean, if anything you do where you tell somebody, you know, go to the app and don't forget to rate the, rate the sessions, that's like maybe, oh, yeah. maybe 20%. And, right. and, that would be considered good, 
you know, it's like, <laughs> which is scary because it's just the, the friction to open the phone, to do the thing, the login. Oh, I forget my password now. And it's like, oh, it, you go through all this internal war of, do I really want to do this? And it's like Harold and Kumar, when you get down the hall, you, you're like eight doors down going, oh, I forgot my sunglasses. We've come too far. You know, right, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when we first started the meetup, it was like, you know, there are literally like 10 people showing up. So, so your, your chance for winning, you know, a hundred dollar gift certificate from AWS or a $50 Amazon card was literally one in 10. So, so high, high profit margin. Uh, for, <laughs> yes, for right. Trying to get kind of like, it kind of irked you. People started putting in feedback saying, keep it closed to 10 people. Right, exactly. Increase my chances of winning. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, the the fun part, of course, is I mean, fundraising is is its own challenge. Do you find that sponsors and 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 other you know people in the area are are keen to jump in because that but again, it's it's a it's a thing you've got to do, right? Like it's you know chase it down. It, do you do you find that onerous in doing it, or have you found it been you know, pretty well flowing, like people come back and, and other sponsors kind of see the value. So I was, I was really super intimidated by it when I, when I first got into it, I, 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 I felt weird. What I called it panhandling. I, I was like, I felt like I was going out, you know, just asking for, for money and, and whatnot. It turns out, I mean, people are willing for, for something where they can get, you know, butts in the seats for like, you know, developers and infrastructure people and, you know, executive level decision makers. And those are the people that come to my, to my meetups. They, they are, are willing to, you know, hemorrhage, I'm not gonna say hemorrhage money, but they're, they're, they're willing to, you know, put up, you know, a couple of gift cards and, you know, take care of beer and pizza, uh, you know, give us, give us a couple hundred dollars for renting a room or whatever. Um, I've, I've been extraordinarily fortunate. My company, Green Pages, they're, they're very, um, they're, they're very, uh, they, they love, they love what I'm doing with the community work so much so that they let me use, um, our, our, um, our meeting space as the area where we do the meetup. So I have, I'm basically I, I have an entire floor of Green Pages where, you know, on Tuesday, us user group come in and we, we all hang out and they bring in uh, pizza I bring in the beer and and we just use that space for the most part when whenever we have something bigger like um, one, one time we had one of the chief evangelists for AW come down and do the meetup we had a hundred people show up for that so we had to move to a larger venue and we just went over to a Red Hook brewery we you know we had a bunch of beers on tap uh, lined up a bunch of seats and and um, you know vendors vendors are more than willing to to pony up help to, you know defray the cost for that kind of stuff it's not it's not as nearly as hard as i thought it was going to be and the value is is the way you do it i think that's probably the approach and that's what i want people to listen to it's not just uh, it, it's really thinking about what what it is that we're doing right we're we're elevating people to you know add knowledge this is people that are, are changing careers, growing their own personal capabilities, you know, mm -hmm. companies, companies who send their staff to it. It's different, right? It used to be a lot of the user groups are midday, you know? Uh, so it's, it became a thing of like getting permission to go, you know, these are evening events. So effectively people, if you're, if you have your staff and you're, you're, you're hearing that they're going to meetups, encourage them to take off early, you know, do whatever you can. Like, give that reciprocal 
thing because they're learning for you, you know, and, and I, and I think that's a big thing. And it's, there's no, no loss in having people spend the evening with a bunch of, of, of newly, newly found nerd friends you know, or, or whatever it's going to be. And just learning about, about tech. Do you think yeah. that, that people really, you know, do people really come to you, you know, and say like, education is a goal? Do you find that it's a predominantly just product learning? Like what, what are some of the key factors that people highlight in that feedback? I, I think it's, it's mostly, I'm going to say education. Um, the, the product learning, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I would say mostly education, but the product learning is definitely there. Um, like for, for example, when, when that evangelist came in to do his talk, that was, that was the, the big draw. Um, he basically went through all of the uh, new AWS service offerings in, you know, 100 offerings in 50 minutes or less was, was the tagline for the, for the, uh, for the session. And, you know, that, that was a, that was a huge draw just to get everybody to get spun up quickly on, on that environment. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of data all compressed down and, and, and funneled at you in a fire hose. Um, and, and people in our industry in it, we're used to that anyway. So it's, it's right. the hold on to your hat kids. Here it comes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's the perfect format for delivery because that that's, that's what we're used to during in, in our day to day anyway. And, and a lot of, I would, I would say it's, it's education. It's a little bit of product and a lot of socialization. Uh, the, the IT community up here is, I, I, I see a lot of cross pollination. So I, so I do um, the, the virtualization technology user group, VTUG. I do the AWS Portsmouth user group. I do V Brown bag. And, and last year in 2018, I did AWS community Day in new England. And there was, there was, between all of the different groups, there's there's a lot of people, you know, cross pollinating people, that are you know VMware IT sysops guys. They want to learn about AWS, so they come to the Portsmouth user group. You know, uh, some developers they they have an, they want to learn more about PowerShell, so they go to VTUG. Uh, and and you know, everybody that has a little bit of an interest in something else will will show up. You know, I've gone to DevOps days down in down in Boston. Uh, I'm currently trying to learn Python, so so we're doing a Python. DevOps series on V Brown bag. So there's, there's, there's so many different things going on. Uh, over the course of the time that you've done this and, and I love that you've crossed, you've, you kind of crossed the wall into some different areas. What have you found to be the real hard parts? Like what's challenging about doing it first for yourself and, and even just for, for others, like in, in seeing people try and bridge that gap. Uh, in, in hard, hard in regards of what showing up or yeah or just like being comfortable switching teams you know <laughs> like especially pre predominantly operations focused communities really I found this weird thing recently especially around hackathons I loved the idea of hackathons as a way to oh, kind of like yes like test the waters on stuff but I realized that I supported development teams in the past and I had a very different comfort level with jumping into a hackathon and it scared the hell out of me and mm. and I and then we, I went to the hackathon at VMworld and I thought, oh. okay, this would be cool. And I started, I just started the team. I was like, you know, no experience required, less, less preferred. Like I, my whole goal was to get people who are vastly uncomfortable with, with hackathons to come and check it out and feel that like I was going to be the one that was going to, you know, take them through that first experience. And so what ended up happening was a very different style and it was neat but it was also like it highlighted all the, the, the challenges of just getting people to try something new, 
and especially development. It's, it's such a very, very different mindset. Like it's psychologically and, and physiologically, it, it's a different part of your brain that activates when you're doing development work versus, you know, traditional operation stuff. It's, so it's neat to, I've loved bridging that gap and I'm going to struggle for the next like many years trying to figure out how to scientifically unlock the ability for people to do that better. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, that's exactly why I, so I did my very first hackathon at um, AWS reInvent last year and I, I literally fell in love with it. Uh, it was, it was me and one other solutions architect and two developers and, and with our powers combined, you know, we created captain planet. No, we, we managed, we, we, <laughs> we, we, we we kicked, we killed it. We, I think we got like third place or something. Um, but, but having that two pizza team there really brought, sh shone the light on me about, you know, what an amazing superpower it is to be able to bridge the gap between standard sysadmin and, and somebody that can be able to write an automation script and, and then, and then go, go further down the, the rabbit hole of development. Now I'm never going to be a, you know, hardcore developer, you know, I, I I've, I've got a lot of, you know, architectural experience and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think that my brain can fully convert over to like a pure dev mode, but, but there's, there's a, there's a middle ground where that, that I would argue people today have to get to the, the entire infrastructure as code initiative, all, all of the stuff. There, there's always going to be the place for for sysadmins. There's always going to be the place for pure developers, but, but those, those fields are blurring considerably nowadays. And, and that was, that was really why I wanted to get into the, the user group community from an AWS perspective, because I knew that I needed way more exposure to developers to just be able to like listen to their lexicon and, and have it in, you know, in my head, a dictionary to translate what, what they were talking about, you know, committing and forking and, and agile and waterfall and all these, all these new and wondrous words I had to go Google. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And this is the trick for people to, if they want to, it's finding that thing that unlocks the need and the want for them to do it. And, and I find that obviously, you know, creating relevancy for yourself in the next, for the next 10 years is a pretty profound way to do it, but it's hard <laughs> to get people to, to maybe see that, you know, as necessary. And it's, I think the trick for it is your, we're kind of preaching to the choir in a way a lot of times. And that's, I, that's why I'm, I'm really, really trying to figure out, you know, just data backed stuff of like, how is it that, how do we effectively grow technology communities without it becoming just the, the same, the same fans of the same band over and over again, showing up every Wednesday night. And it's, it's neat. That's why I've got a huge respect for what you've done because I've seen the, the growth. I've seen the excitement that you get about it and you hear from people that attend and it's, that's, what's cool. Mm. No, uh, even to, to find, so this is a fun, you know, for folks that are listening here, I, I showed up through a, through a friend. It was at reInvent last year and mm. there is uh, you know, it, it was really, really neat because it was scale FT, my friend, Ivan Dwyer, he's 45 and I love that, uh, uh, yep, his, yep. his Twitter handle. And I've known Ivan for quite a long time. We were, we were booth buddies beside each other at reInvent like four years ago. <laughs> nice. And we, we just talked a lot, really good, really good dude, you know, really knows the value of community, uh, loves like 
building startups from the ground up, which is cool. Anyway, so I, 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 I you know, hear about Ivan running this thing. He's like, hey, we're just going to, we just booked a hotel room and we're going to watch the keynote from there because it's way more comfortable. So come on out. I got some free shirts and stuff like that. And so I'm like, yeah, what the heck? This is going to be cool. And so I come and I hang out. And what do I bump into? I bump into a certain gentleman named Chris Williams <laughs> who just walks in. And, and like, I realized this is this convergence of community where you have, I use it as, I call it triangulation of, of likes. You know, if I look at, if I like a book and then I listen to the author of that book on a podcast and then they talk about books that that person likes, I'm going to go list, read those books exactly. because of yep. what I find is, and so here it was, I'm hanging around with Ivan because he knows good people and he knows how to like, you know, get great people together, just have great conversation and nerd out about stuff and, and really have fun. And then, you know, there you are. And we had some other folks that we knew in the room as well. And I'm like, there's no reason why we all ended up being there other than this triangulation of like. And, and I loved that. So, you know, being able to bridge those communities, like I said, there's got to be a way I can, I can do that for more people and find a way for, you know, through you and through other folks that are crossing community boundaries to be able to find ways to interest people to show up to something new. Yeah, and and to be perfectly honest, that is one of my big challenges from the from the AWS perspective, is is getting the the his, the sysadmins, get, getting the sysadmins and the infrastructure people um, into into there and kind of and kind of bending their brain around this new paradigm. The the developers seem to have grasped onto this very quickly, and and I would I would say like. 85 to 90% of my regular attendees for, for the uh, Portsmouth user group are the developers. And it, the, the, it's the, it's the sys admins that I'm, that I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's, what are the hooks? How do, how do I get them in? Do I need to have more, you know, cloud formation talks? Do I need to have more infrastructure as code talks? Or is it just, you know, do I, do I skinny it down to VPC? And, and then also, of course, the challenges is if, if I'm doing something that's purely infrastructure, am I going to alienate all of my developers in the room? Right. <laughs> so, so it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a balance that I'm trying to figure out how to strike. And I guess that's the, that's the trick is I guess it'd be this echo chamber fear that I've got is that you, you really hone in on one thing that works once and then that's it. Then you never change it. And it, I fear, cause I've, I've seen it happen in, in some of the other communities and, and just where people kind of, they become those people that are like, well, yeah, I remember when I, I remember when this band only did clubs and they were, that was when they were the best. And you're like, yes. It's actually not, not too terrible that they're playing arenas now. Like we should be pretty happy that we've been able to see it grow and like, Hey, maybe you should head back to the club and find a new band. Like this is, this is what I encourage people to do with everything, whether it's, you know, you know, I, I'm not a homer. I don't watch the same team. I, if I move from town to town, I'm going to check out the local team and, you know, or, or I'll find, I'll follow the winning team. That's the other thing, you know, it's like, so I do it in music. I do it in, in technology. You know, people used to say like, Oh, why are you doing that? Like, that's just, I don't see any future in that. Like, okie dokie. <laughs> I'll yeah. call you in two years, you know, and, and it's, and I feel, I genuinely feel bad that I can't like find, I, I haven't found the way to unlock that thing and everybody that's like, let me just test it out. Let me just try it. See if it's worthwhile. You know, does, does it excite you? And maybe that's why I'm worried. I'm like, God, am I the weird one? <laughs> but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of us. Doing definitely this. Weird. Yes. The answer yeah. is, I mean, wait, no, it's not. That's not. It's not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. So 
the, the, the entire reason why I kind of got in the community to begin with, I'm, I'm one of those, those people that, um, well, there's, there's a lot of people that don't like public speaking, but I'm also one of those people that when I find what I perceive to be a weakness in myself, I immediately try to go out and do more of that thing. Um, it's, 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 a, I'm, I have a very weird brain that way. Um, so I found out, you know, five, six years ago that I, I truly ter terrified me to do public speaking. So I <laughs> literally like sign up or start three different community groups. So, <laughs> that, that talk about uh, trial by fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I do it to myself a lot. It's, kind of, it's exhausting. <laughs> well, and it, this is the funny thing. I've been, I've been lucky that over the years I've become more comfortable with it. Still scares the heck out of me every time. But I just, it just, I, all, all I've gotten better at is suppressing the fear, you know, yes. like it's, it's, it doesn't go away. It's, it, it just minimizes and your comfort comes out more so with the audience. And so you get people that are like, oh, you love to talk. I'm like, it's really not, not my thing. Like it's, I love having great conversations and it's really hard to have, to feel like you're having a conversation when you're talking in front of a room of people who aren't answering, you know, so I make it interactive and, and, but that was a, a big thing. So what's neat is I love when people who are uncomfortable get up and talk. And sometimes it's hard to watch because you're watching this poor person, like they're suffering up there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you have empathy for them. Definitely. Yeah. But the good thing is it kind of maybe helps people say like, Hey, this guy seems pretty uncomfortable up there. Maybe I could try this. Like, exactly. and that's what I exactly that's the hope, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when when somebody sees somebody else up there, and uh, you know, not not necessarily bombing, but you know, just just being just like umming and 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 be, being being visibly uncomfortable on stage, it it. it it humanizes the entire room. Everybody goes like, Oh, like, I mean, and, and I, I use that. I mean, I, I am, I still to this day, as you are, I, I still don't like getting up in front of people. It still makes me nervous. Um, especially if it's me giving a, a session where there is no feedback loop where I, my favorite types of presentations are the ones where the, where the audience is fully engaged and they're asking questions and, and feeding into the vibe in the room, the, the ones where I'm just talking for 45 minutes. Oh, it just, it drives me crazy. Yeah. It, what I've, I, I've, I'm trying to figure out how the right way to do it is I'm, I'm, you know, probably going to pull together either podcast or a couple of blog series on it. And it's really, I call it the art of, of having a conversation with 500 people at a time and right. being able to be on stage and completely steer your, your talk based on, on feedback that you get in the room. And, and just even in small communities, when you're talking to 10 people, is you've got to be super involved in the feedback. And it's not, they don't like, excuse me, can you take it in this direction? Or would you, would you mind talking about this? Like, no, you watch their eyes move. You watch them look down. You, like you see the visible reaction. That's why the, these are, you know, podcasts and, and webinars are, are really hard because you've got to just totally imagine what's going on on the other side. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'll be, I'll be curious when that comes out because I definitely want to read that. It's something that I've, I've heard a lot of people is actually, uh, you know, there's one fellow, I, uh, if you ever heard Jordan Peterson, he's a, will say a polarizing figure is <laughs> what, what people would use. But I, I make a point of listening to a lot of people. And if you're listening to public speakers, listen to people that can draw a big audience. And he did a big 
uh, a good couple of podcasts with people about that and saying like people said, he says, I describe it as, as a perverse way of, of describing it as a conversation with a thousand people. He says, but that's, that's really what it is because you can tell where it's going and, you know, so meetups, that's it, right? Meetups are not just technology learning. It's, it's, I've gone to university courses where they read from the book. That's not learning. No. What's learning is really finding a way to unlock interactivity and to, you know, play off the excitement when you see somebody like kind of like lean forward in their chair and great educators and speakers do that. They watch the way that people move and all of a sudden they're really bringing the room into this, whether they realize it or not. And that's successful meetups, successful tech talks are definitely wrapped in that. It's, you know, and I, so how do you coach your speakers? Like, have you ever had any problems saying like, Hey, so here's the deal, not a commercial, uh, listen, you know, take feedback and, uh, have fun. <laughs> What's your prep for a speaker when you, when you're trying to line some content up? Um, well the, the, the ones, so the, I, I don't do a whole lot of coaching, uh, in regards to uh, other, other than asking them if, if it's, if it's coming from a vendor, then my, my request is that they give everybody an actionable thing that they can go home and do. Um, when, when we have somebody that comes in from, from a company that, that actually has a, a, you know, a tool in the marketplace or an application or something like that, I ask them to not have it be a commercial. Give, give me a use case. Give me something that people can see, can, can position themselves as, you know, having a problem and then this tool helped to fix that problem in, in the grander scope of, you know, a day in the life. Don't, don't just talk about, you know, how cool my tool is and how much better it is than the competitors. Cause as, as an attendee, I don't want to see that. I, I, if I, yeah. if I want to go to a vendor, to a vendor chat, I would, I would call up the vendor and have them give me their, their commercial. Um, for, for the, for the users that come in, there's, there's no coaching. They, they, they know what they want to talk about. I, I say, you know, give, give me the problem that you solved and, and then, then walk everybody through the problem, you know, how, how you solved it and then answer questions. I mean, they're, they're talking about something that they had worked on anyway, so they can talk about it all, all night long if it's, if it's interesting and interactive enough for the, uh, for the viewers. The fun thing too is, is seeing the, you know, seeing the shift a lot more nowadays where people, I think they like vendors and presenters and, and folks that are coming to these community things, they're getting that the audience is big and, and it's varied. And it used to be that whole thing of like, I love DevOps days. I love, you know, I love that DevOps, you know, all of the communities that are wrapped around that. But what I, that's probably been the hardest one to get, you know, kind of, I call it my people, right? My community of people that I'm, I'm trying to like drag them over going, check this out. First yeah. of all, they're scared of development to begin with. And they're even super scared when they hear about like thousands of deploys a day and like, like, no, 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 let's, is there like a baby version of that? You've got a training wheels, DevOps. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I need. Like just committing uh, an Ansible script to a repository. That's pretty DevOpsy for most people that I know. And, you know, it's, and it's not DevOps, but it's more than zero. Like it's, it's DevOps-ish. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's, that's, that was exactly the thought process behind the Python for DevOps thing for V Brownbag is, is how to get, you know, some, a, a pure sysadmin, how to get them to see 
a problem through the lens of, okay, how, how could I write a little something simple to, to help make my life easier from that perspective? Oh, and, and by the way, it happens to be a, a, a piece of code. And, and then let's walk through the entire piece of code, you know, all, all 30 lines of it or whatever like that. And then explain functions and variables and, and, and stuff like that. And then how, how you applied that in the environment and, and, try to soft shoe it in because that's, that's how I started getting into it was, you know, how, how do I automate my job more? And cause I'm lazy. Every, everybody's lazy. <laughs> They're good kind of lazy though. Right. Right. How, how can I, how can I take a, a manual onerous, uh, you know, grindy piece of my job and turn that into an elegant script that com comes in and fires off and does the thing and then spits me back the output so that I can then use it for something else. And even better, you can use it to tell your boss that you've been pouring over this for hours, you oh, know, like every oh, week so I got to deal with this thing. And they're yes. like, hey, Chris, thanks for taking care of that, that thing every week. I know it's got to be tough and really eating your time. You're like, you got it, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm taking it more. I mean, I, I, and I actually use that. I use that time to make myself more productive for the company, um, which sounds kind of brown nosery, but nobody's going to, nobody from the company is going to hear this. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will actually go and, you know, take a Udemy class, like a Python Udemy class or something to, to, to further enhance my skills to make, to make the, that script either more elegant or the, or the next script more, more efficient. I'd love to really think of like just enough something. I, my favorite course years and years ago I took was called Just Enough Project Management. And, mm -hmm. and I was, it was an eight hours thing that basically taught you the, you know, the basics of Kanban and then how to white, how to, how to put stuff out. And it was, then it morphed into how to use you know, kind of waterfall long-term approaches. And I, so that was, that was oh. back in the day. Uh, so, you know, not a lot of waterfall, you know, of course, you know, stuff going on are not as much anymore, especially in software development, obviously. But mm -hmm. it was really neat that in the course of a day, you suddenly had to merge with like three different groups of people, create project plans on the fly and, and do this neat thing. And that's it. You got to like, you didn't have to go to a four night a week course for 12 weeks to become a project manager. It was enough to teach you the language to teach you the comfort so that you get it when you're talking to a project manager and you like, ah, I get why they're asking this question. And I think we need that for development. Like we need like just enough development where here's the basics of here's, here's a method, here's a class, here's a thing. When mm -hmm. I hear it, cause you, it's, there's the thing called the curse of knowledge. It's the assumption that everybody you're talking to has the same baseline knowledge you have. So right. we blast into stuff. And development is a very unique skill. It's a very unique mind that, that is able to do it. I do not possess this mind. <laughs> I know how to... It's very intimidating. I know how to script a lot of stuff. Uh, I, as my, you know, I've, I've heard the phrase, you know, full Stack Overflow engineer. Being able to copy and paste from Stack Overflow, hey, <laughs> more, than, more than I did before, but then I started to learn how it worked and I dug into a couple of frameworks. But I look at like JavaScript, scares the hell out of me. I don't want, and the moment that you see like the, the lesson is like, all right, we're gonna, you know, first we're gonna use a method and then we're gonna call a class. Like I, I literally, I'm making this up. But like, that's what it sounds like to me. You know, it's like trying to explain credit derivatives to people when they just learn how to add simple numbers, right? It's, it's so far and away that it scares people and then they just, they don't want to be involved. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, exactly. And and I, th throughout the course of my career, every time I've run into a piece of code, I have I have tucked my tail and run in the opposite direction, um, <laughs> up up until now. Uh, so so I, I I feel you. I I know exactly what you're what you're saying. Um, it, that that being said, I I I think that I can't put it off any longer. This is this is this is I. I, I through through my through my fuzzy looking glass, I, I see the future, and and it's it's definitely um, significantly more developer oriented. Um, so not not having that tool in your tool belt will be a will be a big handicap to the traditional sysadmin. I feel. Yeah, and like the just enough project management, you don't have to become the developer, but you've got to be able to work talk. with the developer and talk with them. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. It's and this is the also the thing of you know you know all the stuff wrapped around DevOps and there's this fear that like if you aren't going to get if you're not full DevOps then you're not you're just not doing it right and I that's gone away you know and we've removed the like the edge cases where you have to be like a hundred percent or you're just wasting your time there was a real pushback for a while on that it's like if you're not using automation you know at the moment you've got something manual in the midst of five automation scripts then it was like well you failed at automation like no, no. you got a four out of five is what you got <laughs> right exactly and um, and compounding upon that is is the is the the fact that nobody has really given like, I mean, it's, it's getting better now, but when for some, when people first said DevOps, if you asked 10, like two years ago, if you asked 10 people what DevOps meant, you would get 17 different answers. That's so, right. <laughs> so, so now, now things are starting to coalesce a little bit. People are understanding more of what it means. Um, but you know, we're seeing the same stuff with serverless now. So you ask 10 different people what serverless means, you get 17 different answers. Oh. Um, Tell me about it. That's what kills me. I especially I saw the recent thing that uh, even in my own company. So you know, it's funny. I I I've, I find this discussion where we talked about or or pass. We mm. we you know I've got folks in my engineering team that describe AWS RDS as a pass, and I'm meaning like platform as a service. And right, I'm like, right. that's a database as a service, not a platform. They said, but it's a platform. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Pretty sure like platform service would be where you fire code into it and then things come out the other side. Right. Uh, you know, so Cloud Foundry, OpenShift, those, you know, Heroku, that's what I describe as PaaS. But what they're trying to, then they said, oh, well, it's, then it's serverless. I'm like, no, 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 no. same thing. Code goes in, stuff comes out event driven very different so it's like just fighting over the definitions is is what kills us and kelsey hightower uh, tweeted out something after uh, kubecon and it was like they someone had showed an aws thing i don't know if it was at kubecon or another aws thing right after and it showed like this range of serverless and they described a lot of stuff as like serverless because you don't need to care about the servers and he's like so I can, anything where I don't care about the servers, I can call serverless now. This is great. Awesome. <laughs> Way to wreck the definition kids. But well, I, I think, I think that it will mature and, and uh, you know, as, as people come to consensus, it'll, you know, anytime, anytime you invent something new, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of FUD, um, ahead of it and and honestly that's why we have the meetup groups is, is everybody gets together and kind of talks and hashes things out and you know eventually the uh, the mind share goes in a direction 
And that's really the goal. It's, it's not, the goal is not to generate revenue for sponsors. The goal is to create a place where we can become revenue neutral, you know, at the very least, and hopefully revenue positive to grow the organization and be able to have people come together of like minds uh, who are seeking meaningful work and meaningful relationships to hang out, have some pizza, have some beer, and learn some stuff uh, exactly. amongst potentially new friends. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's great when it works out, you know, and, and I would say it's, it's predominantly working uh, versus people going like, mm. you know, I very rarely do I hear people go to meetups and say, I don't know, it felt really pitchy. Uh, so I find the focus of a meetup versus a, like a vendor organized user group and it's fine. Like I, that's, that's how they started, right? It's, it's called, you know, EMC user group or VMware user group for a reason. It's, because it's specifically wrapped around a product set, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, th I think the um, the hallmark of, of a, of a good meetup or a good user group is when when you go to the first meeting, nobody has any idea what the hell's going on or what they're doing, and uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> then you know pe people start kind of like oh hey well what do we want to do uh, oh we want an AWS all right well what does that mean and then and then everybody amongst themselves and you know pe people pick you know, going in a certain direction and then, and then everybody gets on and, and uh, then we all just have a good time and learn about something. That's my, my goal is to always come away from one of those meetup groups having success uh, in regards to if, if everybody walks away with something that, that have link, And really, yeah, that's the thing. It's we, everybody wins, you know, and, and it's, it's huge. So how do you, how do you think about like kind of next steps? Do you really, do you approach it as like, okay, we're at X number of regular people that come uh, X number that come every time. Uh, yeah. Do you look at the numbers? Do you think about that in, in the way you're looking at the organization or? No, not, not, I mean, honestly, I, hadn't looked at zero zero members in our in our little Portsmouth user group um, and that's astonishing considering the that we're 45 minutes away from the Boston user group and an hour and a half away from the Portland user group um, the fact that we have 400 members here locally it really blows me away that's really cool um, yeah I, I, I don't know how we're doing it <laughs> <laughs> well you, you're doing it because you you don't realize you're doing the right thing right and that's that's the fun part is working backwards from it it's kind of like like marketing you know like when i when i see a picture you know and it and emotes a response and like you don't if you work into the science of it you find out why it works but mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of it seems happenstance. It, if we go back and measure it out, I would bet you there's tons of stuff that you could write a book on about how to do it. But, you know, it just the, the key things you hit are, you know, make it so that people feel welcome. Make it so that you're all kind of feeling like, hey, I can be involved in the, the direction of this thing. Make it so that you can be, you know, everybody wins. No one's getting sold stuff. Right. You know, all of these are, are these earmarks of a well-formed, true technology community. And, and in the end, if you, if you talk about it, the best 
vendor conversations I've had are when I go to an event and I see the name of a company and maybe I've never heard of them and they tell me nothing about what they do and I'm immediately excited about finding out what they do. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I, totally. it's it's totally the way of it just it makes my mind say like why are these guys here <laughs> and then i i go and dig in and they go "Ooh, so i see your team does this can you tell me about how you do that and and that's way more valuable than coming in saying you know fill out this form and you'll get a call from my my sales team shortly i, I mean of it was I took all the things that I liked about previous things that I'd gone to. So I remember the very first reInvent that I went to and the very first, you know, VM world that I went to way back in the day. And, and the level of excitement that I left with, like I couldn't wait to get back to the hotel room or get back to my house so I could just start playing with whatever it was that I saw. My goal is to have everybody leave. And, and I don't hit it every time, obviously, but my goal is to make, to make sure that every time people leave my user group, they have that level of excitement with whatever it was that, that people were playing with in, in the, in, in the room. This racer league that we've got kicking off. I'm, I'm super jazzed about that. Uh, AWS is doing this thing called deep razor, which deep racer, which is a machine learning, um, uh, race match. And, and each group that, that puts in for this, um, they, they basically use machine learning to have their little deep racer, uh, remote control car drive itself around a track. The, the top three or five winners of the deep racer challenge get to go to reinvent next year for free, um, and then compete on stage. So I'm wicked excited about that. that that's nice. going to be super fun. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of like, I, I, I love getting people jazzed about that. And I also remember all the things that I hated about events, like, you know, commercials and sales pitches and, and stuff like that. So I don't do any of the things that I didn't like, and I do all of the things that I did like. And <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing. It's, it's kind of like the, I've talked more and more with a lot of startup founders and a lot of like, uh, you know, product founders and like projects that are like open source projects. And what I find that's the approach, right? Find a thing that you're excited about and that a, a problem that you can solve and it solves something that makes you happy. And then look around and odds are you're not the only one with that problem. And it's the same thing with positive stuff. Like if I find excitement in the way that I learn through a community group, then what if I were to take a new community and take the best of and, and kind of do that and, and, you know, Hey, look, they're not all, like you said, they're, they're not all winners. They're not all home runs, but like odds are, and this is the hardest part, any room you speak into, you're going to get the too technical, not technical enough. Yep, exactly. And like <laughs> you, you were both on the same talk. How the hell, how did that happen? Oh, yes. We always laugh when we get those two, like too technical, not technical enough. It's always, every, every single feedback loop, we get some, one or two that are too technical and a couple that are like, it was way over my head. I'm like, all right, well, you can't please everybody. And the, 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 the silly thing is the, the feedback. And that's why I, I loved your idea of like the, the physical form right here. Fill out this feedback form because when you wait for feedback and there's any friction at all, the only thing that removes that friction is anger. Yes. <laughs> anger more than pleasure will incite somebody to give you feedback. It, it's, it's, and so unfortunately, you're, you're more likely to get negative feedback because people are kind of like, look, 
You know, like they <laughs> got this, like, this was this, I didn't go how I wanted it to. And here's why. That's why you yep. suck. Exactly. And that's <laughs> like, how got started. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> exactly. It, to the point where I, I saw something recently that said like Amazon and is even thinking about removing some of their feedback forms because people are going to like com, to like paying people to go on and leave negative competitive feedback. So oh no! That's and like it's terrible, but like this is hey, look, you made the machine and you 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 gave it the there's a it can happen if it's. You know, if it can happen in a negative way, it's bound to happen. It's it's kind of like rule thirty four, but somehow for negativity. I don't know. It's uh, there's something out there. So hey, well, this has been super helpful. Uh, I, I definitely encourage folks if you're in the Portsmouth region, drop in, check out the the user group. If not, of course, follow follow Chris and his his stuff online. Uh, I'm I'm lucky to call you a friend and, and be able to share along the ride with some of this stuff. Uh, we could dig in. Um, well, we actually. Bring you back on. We're going to talk about reading, learning, and, and all these different things because you've got you've got a, a long history of, of ways you've approached stuff that I've I really enjoy and a lot of people will pick up from. So again, Chris, how do we find you online and and where do we where where do we see you in future? Uh, so I online I am m i s t w i r e dot com mistwire um, and on Twitter I'm the same handle. Basically, if you Google mistwire, all the the top fifteen hits are me. Um, but you can also find me uh, through the through the VTUG of New England, uh, V Brown Bag, and the AWS Portsmouth User Group. It's branding done right. There's some poor company out there and they're thinking, I've got this idea, I'm going to call our company Mistwire. Like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. <laughs> you'll, you'll never make SEO. Awesome. Hey, Chris, thanks very much. And uh, hopefully I'll catch up again in person soon. Thanks, Eric. Look forward to it. You're listening to today's Cool Pussy Podcast.